Welcome back to Avant-Garde Talk. In this episode, James and I discuss the film The Little Things. This is my first mini-sode, so I'm really excited about it. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we will see you next week. My thing about this style of movie is that I'm all, it doesn't matter, like, what's going on. I'm always confused at the beginning. Mm-hmm. When, it, when we're talking about, like, real-world issue, like, drama movies, where they have to squeeze everything in in a certain amount of time. It was the same way with Tenet. I was just so confused for, like, the first 20 minutes just because I didn't know what they were talking about. And, like, with this one, they're trying to balance introducing characters as well as introducing the situation, and they're using all of this, like, <laughs> um, forensics terminology that I just don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, I really cannot quite figure out what's going on here, but, uh, you know, eventually you piece it all together and it's not that big of a deal. But that... I was more confused by the beginning but than by the end, which is kind of funny to me, but... So overall, what did you think about it? I thought it was really good. Um, it wasn't my favorite. Well, I think it's because I expected it to be a classic, like, film noir, neo-noir film where they get the bad guy in the end, um, but it wasn't that at all. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed a lot of it. Something spoilers that I ahead. noticed... Oh yeah, spoilers. This, like, every... <laughs> we're going to spoil the whole movie for you. Um, Rami Malek is an incredible actor for some odd reason at the beginning, like, maybe the first 30 minutes... He was really odd. Um, it was like his stares. You know when, um, I think his name, what's the character's name? Oh yeah, Deke. Yeah, he was in the station and Baxter was giving like the press conference and they were like making eye contact and that those stares from Rami were so odd. And at first I was like, okay, maybe this is, because I thought that he was going to be the bad guy. I really did think I did like, too. okay. I did too. Yeah, so I was like, maybe he's acting that way for a reason, because he, he knows he's guilty, but I'm like, I don't know. So I thought his acting was really odd at the beginning. Um, I also thought that when Deke goes, it's all in the little things, because he, ans- he talked about like what was in the girl's stomach before she passed away, and he said it was roast beef. And then he replied with, it's all in the little things. So I'm like, oh no, he knows that it's... It's Baxter that he's the bad guy. So I really did think that he was going to be the bad guy in the end, mm-hmm. which in a way he kind of was. He kind of was, if you yeah. Think about it. Mm-hmm. So my response to that is, I think I portrayed or not portrayed. I perceived it as um, Baxter being threatened by Deke's presence because he has this pre-existing relationship and like, like he saw him and either he knew who he was. He was the, also like he saw Deke like trap him in his car like they already experienced each other one time briefly and it was not the best of times um so maybe he was like threatened by his presence or maybe he was like mad that he was still there (laughs) or something like that um (laughs) yeah i don't know i i probably wouldn't be super comfortable if i was giving a press conference and i look over in my own station and see a cop standing there that i don't recognize (laughs) like whispering to someone else i'd be like uh Okay, um, but yeah, I think that they did a just a they did a good job of setting everything up. Um, I like yeah. I think all three of the headline actors did a great job in their roles. Yeah, that's like the main the main reason I was excited for this movie is just you know headlined by three really really strong actors. Mm-hmm. Jared Leto plays Wackadoo's really well. Yeah, Jared Leto was good. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he was. Really redeemed himself from the Joker. But, oh, <laughs> oh man. He was he was good. Um, 
I was just so, like, confused for a while at first, though, because he wasn't in it for a good amount of time. I was like, yeah. when is when is he going to show up? <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Fargo, um, because one of the main, the main character, she doesn't show up until, like, I, I think it's 20 minutes into the film, so it was very similar to that. Yeah. But, yeah, the film overall was really good. Um, it was directed by John Lee Hancock, who also did The Blind Side, Saving Mr. Banks. And he was also the writer of this yeah. film. And I want to talk about the score a little bit. Y'all know I love film scores. And this score was composed by Thomas Newman. He did 1917. Mm-hmm. He did Finding Dory. And he also did Saving Mr. Banks, which we all know was directed by John Lee Hancock, because I just yeah. said that. So I thought that was I thought that was interesting and the score itself is it it's odd but it's it works because it's a classic film noir score but there's electronic elements and it's more modern so like I guess neo noir neo noir um, but the score was really cool I I was really impressed yeah, with it Yeah I agree I think the music really like it always adds so much and it kind of helped you realize, like, okay, this is what's going on, but also um, it's a more modern time. Like, like there's always that style. Like, there's music that you can be like, okay, this goes in a superhero movie. Or there's music that's like, okay, this goes in a big dramatic romance movie. And then there's the music mm-hmm. that goes in, you know, noir movie. And they kind of took those elements and really made it something a little bit new, a little newer. And I think it was really cool. I, I love the music, though. I thought it was great. It kept me engaged through all the confusing parts where I was like, what is going on right now? Um, We could talk about Jared Leto's character for a minute. I was so confused as to why they made him suspect number one. He was just such an oddball. I think that's why, but... (laughs) Yeah, he gave off the bad vibes. He did give off the bad vibes. He was funny, though, in the room. He was just, like, messing with them. He was funny. Yeah, he was, like, um, when he was on the phone, he was, like, jalapeno and pineapple, please. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Man, I... He was such a well he was a well written character. And I think that can make such a difference. Like you can have as good or bad of an actor as you want, but if you write the character well, it's gonna be good almost no matter what. Maybe if you have a really bad actor, <laughs> it won't be great. But I mean combining a good actor with a really well written character, it definitely sets it apart. And his character was written so well. Every detail was considered. He's just so like even just the way that he walked. And they made such an yes. emphasis of, like, showing <laughs> off the fact that he, like, waddled everywhere. <laughs> He's just such an oddball. And the whole, like, he goes to a bar and orders a Shirley Temple to go. Yeah, exactly. A Shirley Temple to go. Like, like, like he, he had to have known. Like, he knew. He calls a payphone just to say boo when he's right behind Baxter. That was funny. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, that was really funny. I, man... It was just cool. He was a cool character. The scene when they were on the highway at the beginning and um, Deke was, like, following him and he kept appearing on the other side of the highway when he was trying to, like, that was, that was funny. get to him. Th- that was I think really that, funny. It was really Yeah, petty. I think that really, like, <laughs> exemplified how smart he actually was. Despite coming off as kind of, like, not really an idiot, but just, like, a goofball who doesn't really care. Like, he knows what he's doing. And, like, he, he said it himself, he's a crime buff. Like, he... And he, he knew how to respond to mess with them. But that's all he ever wanted to do was just to mess with them. And that was, like, a... I, I don't know if that was, like, them trying to, like, put light on people trolling in crime scenes. I don't really know if that was the thing they were going for. 
but that's definitely what he was doing. He was just messing with them the whole time, and it took them out of the actual crime and into their own personal, like, especially for uh, Baxter, it really took him into his, like, pride, where he had to figure it out. He had to be right, or else it was going to be a problem. And he went so far as to drive out to the middle of nowhere with him just to prove that he was right. And we all know that he wasn't, but he thinks he is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but, and even a little bit for for Deke is he was just trying to redeem himself a little bit, I think. And he was wrong before, and he wants to kind of right those wrongs, I think. But he was also he was also wrong again. Mm-hmm. The parallels with Deke and Baxter were, were really cool. Um, I agree. Especially when he was laying in the on the ground in the desert, and it was the same position as the girl that he mm. shot in the yeah like at the crime scene. That was this that was, was a well cool. shot movie. There were a lot of really really cool scenes. It was, and that was definitely one of them mm-hmm. where he was just kind of laying there. I I was like shook when he swung that shovel around, and that was just it was so well done because he had such a build up. Like you have. You have him, like, he's calm, cool, collected at the beginning, and he's like, we got this. And I think it all starts with, I forget his name right now, but whatever the, like, head honcho guy in that station was being like, you have two days, or whatever it was, like, we have a week until the feds come in and and they take this case. And I think in that moment, it starts putting the pressure on him a little bit. And then uh, Deke figures out something that he didn't, and I think that adds a little bit to it. And he just, he's, his, you could see his stress building the whole time. And eventually, like, they're sitting in the car watching, I don't even remember Jared Leto's character's name right now, but they're just watching his house. And he's just, like, slamming the steering wheel, cursing. And I, I, it's like he's supposed to be this good Christian guy who is such a faithful man. And all of a sudden, he's he's gone from super upstanding, like, Oh, I'm a I'm a very good person to like F bomb, F bomb, F bomb. <laughs> like screaming, pointing guns at people <laughs> yeah. and eventually yeah. albeit accidentally, you know, killing a man. And I think that was like one of the best things is that it was kind of almost alluded to where Jared was like, Right here, dig a hole right here and he starts digging all these holes and it's like I kind of thought that in some way they were all gonna die and those are gonna be their graves. Like, that's, that's what my initial thought was. I was like, this these are going to be graves for someone. And they're not going to be people who are in the ground. And it ended up being someone's grave. But one of my favorite shots, one of my favorite shots in the whole movie is after that happens. And, and Deke shows up and he's like, we're going to figure this out. I'm going to come back in a few hours. Just dig a hole. And so he drives out and he gets, you know, he cleans up the dude's apartment. Um does everything that would he like needed to do to clean it up and make sure nobody would ever find out. And he drives back, and it's just the overhead shot of Baxter digging all of these holes. Or, well, he's finishing up the grave now, but it it's kind of showed how, like his fear and like I have to I have to be right, like without saying it, you know. Like he, I don't even know what the number was. It, was, it had to have been in the double digits. He dug a lot of holes in that patch. And, and, I mean, you know why. It's because he's hoping to find someone. He's hoping to find... Some, like, how awful is that? He's hoping to find a dead body just so he could be right and and not be 
you know, a murderer in, at least in a, in a bad sense. I don't know. There's not really a good sense of murder, but like, you know what I mean? He wanted to be right and he wanted to be able to prove that he was right or else it's going to haunt him forever. And he knows that. And he was wrong. And even after he's dug all these holes, he, they, they bury the guy and, and he's they're they're leaning against the cars and he's like, oh, we got him. He, he was our guy. He was our boy. Like he had to have been. Yeah, he's trying to persuade himself mm-hmm. that it because he knows deep down it yeah. wasn't him, but he just is trying to he's cope trying. with what just happened. So he's like telling himself that it was him, that it was him this all along. But I don't know. Um, the ending was really interesting. I loved it, and it was it was it was interesting. What I didn't expect it. Um, <laughs> I like films where it's like there's abstract endings, and it's up to the audience to decide was Sparma actually guilty oh, Sparma, that's and what is, is going to happen. Yeah. One of the problems I do have is that, so we see that Deke, he kind of gave him the barrette, but he bought it at another store. Yeah. So he tried to give him closure to make him feel better, but I see a lot of problems with that because when they find the actual murderer, they're going to know that Baxter killed somebody because they're going to uncover that because it's in the little things, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I have a few issues with what Deke did. But I think it's up to us as an audience to decide, okay, was that right? Should he have done that? Should he have done something else? Like, Okay, well, okay, so here's the I thing with me, right? Um, what what happened with, with Baxter paralleled what happened with Deke, where they both accidentally killed someone in the heat of the moment. And Deke was covered up, and it's never really explicitly said whether it comes out or not. Um, but it, it still haunts him to this day, and we know that. Like, we see it, because he's in the hotel room, and we can, the, the girl that he shot is, like, talking to him, which is super weird, but, like, it's, it's, it, that's a really good exemplification of him being haunted, right? Like, he's haunted by his past, and he has all these flashbacks throughout the movie about it, and he knows he did it, so it's gonna haunt him either way, um, and she was completely innocent, and he knows that, but... Baxter still has this whim of he could have been guilty. Despite having found no evidence, he has this whim of like like last hope of this guy could still be guilty. There's a chance. And then by by Deke knowing what Baxter's going to go through, he he it doesn't really prevent it, but he helps with it by sending him the thing just so he isn't torn to pieces because i mean it's like what days after and he's sitting silently watching his daughter swim in a pool you can tell that the wife the relationship between him and his wife is already like declining because he won't talk to her and she's like staring at him through the window with really concerned looks um so i think that what deke did was what he wished someone had done for him in a way even though they were a little bit different situations um he gave uh, Baxter some form of closure, even if eventually it might come out. And that's the thing is he took care of all the little things and he, he burnt everything in the apartment, whatever he burnt everything. And at the end of the day, I mean, what are the odds that they go to that one spot and find it? You know, like he, he took everything out of the apartment. I forget exactly what happened at the end with, with, um, 
Sparma, though. I forget what it was. Did he, like, take everything out of the apartment, or did he, like, try to say, oh, he committed suicide? I don't really remember, to be honest right now. They said that he was a loose end, that he wasn't a good suspect yeah. at the station, so the police kind of threw that suspect out. Um, But we see, like, I, I don't know who it is, like, one of the head guys saying, like, this is a person who moves around a lot. Right who's really smart, like, in saying that we are going to catch this person. Um, so we know that they're going to keep looking for the person who keeps killing these women, um, but they they threw out Sparma. So mm-hmm. right now, Sparma is just a no one, and they're not going to follow that trail anymore. Yeah, so they probably wouldn't find out unless, of course, Baxter said something about it, which he won't, because at the end of the day, he still killed a man. It doesn't matter if he has clothes or not. He still committed a crime. Um, and they're taking the precautions to cover it up. And when you're dealing with something like that, Deke says it's better for him to have the closure and at least get that off his mind where, like, yeah, I killed someone, but at least the person I killed was somebody who was, like, raping and murdering women on the street at night rather than killing an innocent man. And... I mean, I don't know. That's a very big moral debate on, like, is murder even good? But um, <laughs> it happened to, to Baxter, and at the end of the day, he's getting the best result out of it as possible, where he feels like he got the job done, um, even if he didn't. He feels like he did, and he can't say anything about it, so their station's just going to be doing a bunch of random stuff, and he's going to probably sit there and be like, I already got the guy, but I can't say anything about it, or else I'm going to get caught. So it's going to be a weird situation moving forward, but we're not going to see what happens moving forward because the movie ends. I don't know. I just, I liked that ending because it, it was just so different from what it usually is. Cause like, I think everybody went into the movie expecting to be like, okay, this is just going to be a, a standard, you know, detective film story where like crime happens, they're picking up clues, they find a suspect and it is either revealed to be the suspect or one of the people searching all along. And I think a lot of people thought that it was going to be baxter and myself included i really thought it was going to be him um but obviously it wasn't really him he wasn't the one murdering women um but i really thought he was they were kind of like pointing in that direction during the movie a couple times i was like am i right am i right but i don't know i like the ending because it just it made it different it really just made you sit there and like think for a minute because you could have you could have had the ending of oh we got the guy we got him yay all is all is well in the world um, or you can take the um, you can take the Silence of the Lambs approach where like you get a very small victory but there's still a greater threat out there because that's that's what happens with there is like they get the serial killer but then Hannibal Lecter is still walking around on the street um, but I mean and then in this case Deke. I think he finds a little bit of closure because he he helped fix someone else's problem and he didn't get to focus on his for a bit. And Baxter found some closure because he thinks he got the guy. He gets some time off. He gets to spend with his family and recover. And obviously, the Sparma doesn't matter anymore because he's six feet under. But um, those are those are your big three outcomes. And we all know as the viewer that the su- the real suspect is still at large, which is really off-putting, despite everyone seeming to have found closure. 
And I think that's a very cool um, contrast. It is. Um, normally in films like this, the bad guys get it in the end. That's like the common film trope, like good always wins. And so having changing that trope and having like no one win, basically. Right. In a way was was really interesting and a really cool approach. Um, for me, the only problem I have is just like, it was it morally right to lie to Baxter? Because um, I I don't know. I, I just feel like truth always comes out in the end. And I feel like they're going to find out. But we will never, we'll know, never know. Because I, I, I wouldn't imagine they'd make another film about this. The littler things. <laughs> this definitely isn't one for a sequel. But yeah, I think that's just... It it makes you it makes you wonder, and that, I like movies like that. I don't. I, it's not that I don't like movies that just have like a very clean wrapped up ending, but I I really do like when a film just isn't very clear, but in a good way. Like if there's just complete unanswered questions that ruin the entire movie, or like the storyline, I think that's dumb. But like something like this where they were just all over the map and they kind of like tunnel vision to themselves on one guy who never was the issue he was never the suspect i i don't know i liked it i thought it was cool because it, it just it makes you think it makes you sit there and be like what like was that right was that the good thing to do and i don't think there's a right answer i mean at best case scenario you know ideal world nobody gets murdered but also in the ideal world all those women are still alive. So I, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a well-done movie. I mean, it's not like super up there as like one of my top movies, but it was definitely good. I'm glad I watched it because it's a little bit different than something I've, or than anything I've seen before. 